0: Back. 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 Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your new favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, T. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. Happy, happy motherfucking Juneteenth, folks. If you are listening to this around the time that it goes live, this will be on hopefully the heels of what is to be a federally, uh, recognized holiday. Um, you know, one of my favorite parts of, I don't want to say of being black, but one of my favorite parts and such a staple of the culture is the food staple of anybody's culture is their food. And I find it very, appropriate for me to dive into this week's topic, um, which is food. I don't know how I haven't gotten into a food episode much sooner than this, but um, here we is. I am by no stretch of the imagination a foodie. I don't uh, delve into the science of food, if you will. I more so delve into the comfort of food. I happen to be an emotional eater, uh, fun fact about me. I tend to uh, eat when I'm stressed, when I'm happy, when I am any extreme. Um, and, you know, I've really had the opportunity to experience a lot of different, not, not really foods, if you will. I wouldn't necessarily categorize myself as an adventurous eater, but I absolutely make it my business to try new things while I'm abroad in small doses. But, you know, it's not just the types of foods that the different cultures eat. It's more so, for me, the ways in which they allow food to permeate so many different aspects of their culture. What I appreciate about... Um, Travel in general is that anywhere you go, any city, country, whatever destination you're in, I almost guarantee you, you can find some type of a food experience, whether it be how the food intersects with um, the culture of the people of whatever community or country that you're in whether it be how the food is prepared, whether it be how the food is enjoyed amongst the people that eat the the type of food that you're going to be uh, focusing in on, or you know, whether it be how it's harvested, like if you're going on an actual um, you know food collecting experience. I know that there are some what do you call it farm to table experiences in a lot of different places. I unfortunately, have not ventured into those territories, but I absolutely have had some really incredible food experiences throughout my journeys. And those experiences really sometimes give me an opportunity to slow down, right? Because the beauty in food is that for the most part, depending on the type of food that you're eating, it's not immediate. You understand that there is a process to it, and in that process, in that process. In that process, you're often allowed to kind of get a peek into different aspects of self. This has been my experience, and I assume you're here so that you can get a little peek into that and see how you can then in turn, you know, apply that to whatever travel or home experience you may have so that you can get more out of it for yourself. So let's see, what do I have here first? Um Oh, starting with, I guess kind of to tie in the whole idea of food and culture, I ended up booking a no reservations-esque tour, if you will, in Philly, highly recommend. We, um, I did it on Airbnb and it was somewhat modeled after the Anthony Bourdain approach, how food isn't just, mind you, I don't cook. I've never been a fan of cooking. Uh, Because I don't like cleaning. If you cook, you gotta clean. I can cook. Let's not get it twisted. I actually um, am pretty decent at cooking. I just don't enjoy it. Um, I do, however, uh, every once in a while, enjoy doing for and expressing my love for my family in my food. I have prepared my share of Christmas dinners. And they've been perfect. Absolutely fucking perfect. I've got receipts. Ask about me, but we did the, uh, no reservations tour in Philly. And it was modeled after Anthony Bourdain, the way he, um, tied food and culture and made the experience, not so much more about one than the other. He absolutely did an incredible job of fusing the two together, showing a culture, Uh, by highlighting the different foods and highlighting a culture by showing the different foods, vice versa. Right. So we had an incredible experience on that tour. And in hindsight, it kind of got me to thinking uh, how the other food experiences that I have had have really given me a chance to check in with self and of course, check in with other, um, communities and cultures. The one thing that keeps coming to mind is one of, I won't say it's a regret. It just really wasn't available during the time that I was there. But in Tel Aviv, there was this food and society culture that I really, really wanted to do. Anything cultural, anything about the people, how the people got there, what foods are there, why those foods are there. I'm with the shits. That was really, really what I wanted to do. But unfortunately, it wasn't available um, on the days of the week that I was there. I wanna say it was available on a Thursday and I left on a Wednesday. But I have had some really, really dope uh, food experiences. And for the most part, I think the ones that stand out the most to me were the ones that I experienced with other people. Those were the experiences that I was able to Uh, build or experience some semblance of community or experience some aspect of like excitement and newness. So I'm going to start with some of the really, really fun uh, community experiences that I had. So in Casablanca, I ended up coming in to a like welcome breakfast, if you will, My host did a incredible job of making me feel really comfortable in her space. It was mad beautiful, y'all. Beautiful, beautiful house. But I think she was uh, an interior designer or an architect or something, so figures, right? But she did uh, an incredible spread for me. It was kind of like a pancake and she had mad different like jams and toppings and stuff. And we ended up, she gave me some time to eat take a little nap, shower, get myself together. A few hours later, we were out and about and we ended up spending, I don't know, maybe seven hours, nine miles. I don't know. We spent an entire day exploring the city. And not only did she prepare that meal for me, but she also gave me the opportunity. We went to um, like an open market and we did all the little, you know, Chachkis like, uh, caftans and shoes and bags and, you know, bought a bunch of, you know, stuff, wares and items, if you will, souvenirs. But my favorite part was going to the fish market. So you get to the fish market and it was phew, for me, you pick your food, like you, choose the fish that you want. She's like, well, which one do you want? I'm like, girl, I don't know. I'm going to defer to you as the professional here. And then they prepare it for you and you go sit in like um, an outdoor restaurant space and they like serve it to you right at the table. Whatever you picked up in the market, they prepare and bring it right there to you. And while we were choosing the fish and she was speaking to the gentleman about like how she wanted to prepare it and all the other stuff that we were going to have with it, Right behind me there was a woman shucking oysters. So she's like, "Oh yeah, just it's like a couple of like whatever denomination I had, it was like a couple of coins and you just give the woman and like they shuck the oyster, they give you the lemon with the little and I appreciate that they had the little thing on top to keep the um the seeds from falling out. But they shuck the oysters, a lemon and you just eat raw oysters like like you in Costco doing the uh free samples, right? really really fun experience and it was more exciting for me because if I would have been left to do that by myself I wouldn't have had a fucking clue they were mad aggressive in there like everybody at the different um tables and stuff was like come 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 to my booth come uh buy from here and I have no clue what the fuck is going on and but my host of course she's used to it so she's like no thank you we're good oh no we're okay no thank you take care Hey, maybe next time. And she knew exactly where she was going. We went right to the guy that she, I guess, normally orders from Taken care of food was mad good, but it was also fun because I got to sit and eat with my host. She was able to, you know, tell me more about her experience while she was there. We had a really good conversation and she knew that I like coffees. I am a fan of coffee from everybody. Wherever I go, I want to taste the coffee black. I want to taste what the beans have to give. Home, I don't drink black coffee. I need cream, and that's pretty much it. I just need a creamer, a flavored creamer, preferably when I'm home. I'm a hazelnut kind of girl. But I love, love tasting coffees from all over the place for shits and gigs. I just want to know. And she really made it her business to stop at a bunch of different little cafes and um I guess you could say uh I wanna say a shop because it's not really a shop or a storefront. Like there was one best coffee I've ever had in my life was Senegalese coffee in Casablanca. There's a very um heavy Senegalese population in the area that we were in and they particularly have a lot of shops and um, Shit, what I don't know what to call them, but it's kind of like if you go to a bazaar, a souk, like an open market, and it's not like um a storefront that you go into. There's like a you know just a space where they even have a table, they have shelves or whatever the fuck they're selling shit off of. It you just go to their little area, and they gave you like I don't have one. They gave you like these tiny you know little cups that you get at the dentist's office when you got to rinse your mouth out, that's what they served me the fucking coffee in, bro. And it was made in like a huge vat. And the guy had like a cup, like a ladle. And he like skimmed his knuckles across the uh, coffee as well. So that was in the coffee. That was part of the seasoning, I I guess. And he pours it into the little mouthwash cup and it's wild hot. Like I couldn't even hold it. Like I'm trying to hold it like, like at the lip and at the bottom. Some random guy's trying to, you know, hold conversation, but I could barely understand what he's saying, and I'm burning my fingers off. But once it got to a palatable temperature where I could, it was wild, ridiculously good. There were so many, like, spices, the flavor. It was so, so, so good. And I've since tried to buy uh, Senegalese coffee, like, just the coffee grinds to make myself and consistently fail. I've yet to be able to, you know, replicate that experience. But Casablanca was one of the first trips that I took where I really was able to have like a really enjoyable experience with food, but also in community with someone else. It wasn't like I just had a really good meal. Like the first trip I took, I went to Bermuda. So it was a really great first because I tried escargot and y'all the shit was ridiculous. I think I ordered like four orders of it like throughout the rest of the week. Like I just kept ordering it again. So good. So, so, so good. Like I've yet to have any As good as it was in Bermuda. So like incredible. However, I had it by myself alone in my hotel room. It was a good time. The food was good. And it was the first time I had, you know, traveled out of the country. And it was the first time, I guess you can say, I tried something so new to me before. And y'all, it was good. However, it was by myself. I didn't have that extra oomph to the experience by being able to share it with someone else. The next trip I'm gonna talk about briefly is Cuba. I've heard people say that the food in Cuba is trash. When I tell you, I did not have a single disappointing meal. Maybe one, maybe one, but the service was really good. The, my waitress was such a sweetheart. I ended up going to the bar afterwards and, oh no, I think I ended up leaving, going someplace and then stopping like for a drink before I went back and went to the bar, whatever. The service was incredible. I had, um, really great service each time that I was in there, but the food was just like, okay. And, um, mad flies, but you know, you get over it and the food was all right, but everywhere else, everywhere else I got food. Wow, good. I ended up going to a like a beachside little pop-up food spot, if you will, which I was personally escorted to by the gentleman that I had just bought a bunch of souvenirs from on the other side of the street. We were just having conversation and I was like, you know, could you suggest some food or whatever? He was like, Ah, say less. My man like walked me across the street went to a specific window and helped me order the food. He was like, all right, so is chicken and rice? Okay. What about some beans? Do you want beans? You want red or black beans? Okay. Do you want, you know, uh, like a drink or a soda? Like he helped me order the meal, you know, wished me farewell, safe trip, that kind of shit. Homegirl had like a cigarette hanging out her mouth while she was taking the order. She had the cigarette in her fingers while she was plopping all the food in my little tray. Her thumb was also halfway in said tray while she was fixing the plate. You gotta let all that shit go. When in Rome, right? Flies everywhere, you know, no hair nets. She's just going right over the pot, you know, from taking the money and then right back to picking up the food. I lived through it. I am stronger. I am here today. When I tell y'all that shit was so good, So good. And I really think it was just like rice and beans, chicken, maybe some, maybe some vegetables and like a Coke. Insane. Like, I don't even know where the fuck they prepared it back there. I don't know how there was like a stove where it was. It didn't make sense, but it was wildly good. And I appreciated it even more because of my escort. Like I had like a nice warm conversation with him while picking up souvenirs and for him to go out of his way, leave the shop behind to take me over here to make sure that I got something that I would enjoy. And also the way that he put care into, you know, making sure that I was, um, going to be satisfied with my decision. You know what I mean? Like he took time to try to, you know, go back and forth and ask, is this okay? What about this? Are you going to like, is this good with you? And I really appreciated that. I also ended up having a meal prepared by one of the hosts on the trip. I did one of the best days of my life. So many firsts, so, so many firsts. I waded across the river for the first time, was in, you know, one of the old cars. I'd never seen like a non-GMO avocado. The shit was huge. I never knew that oranges were actually green. Go fucking figure. Um, so many different things. I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was, I don't know why cassava is coming to mind for some reason. But, y'all, I'd, I'd experienced so many like new fruits We had like fresh smoothies, like saw them put in, um, it's not like, you know, I never had a smoothie where I saw people put fruit in the blender, but it's different when you know the shit is actually like fresh fruit. You know what I mean? It's one thing where it's just like fresh, I'm doing the air quotes here, but then fresh fruit, like y'all know there's a difference. There's American fruit and then there's just like foreign ass fruit. Telling you, there's a fucking difference. And all of this was while I was in the midst of making new friends. I had been on my way to meet the group beforehand and I ended up connecting with people that were in my tour group before we even knew we were in the same tour group because they heard that I was speaking English and they kind of picked up that I was clueless. I heard that they were speaking English then I asked them for help and it turns out we were all in the same group. So we made friends. Shout out to Kevin. Shout out to Nikki. Y'all really made the day incredible. But that day was really, really full of a lot of firsts. I did cliff diving, uh, snorkeled for the first time, um, held like a little octopus, got stung by like sea urchins and shit. Incredible day. But the host actually prepared food for everybody and brought along on the hike. I understand that there are certain, like a lot of provisions are uh, distributed over as rations. And I, listen, you would have thought that this came from a world-class fucking restaurant, but they made it themselves. And it was rice, chicken. I want to say yuca or something. Y'all, so good, so good. I cannot, I'm really hard pressed for a meal that I did not fucking love. All the food, whether it came from a restaurant, whether it was homemade by somebody, it was all incredible. I also had, when I, because I stayed close to the water in one section for about three, four days, and then I had like another three or four days um in well outside of Havana and what was really great about the accommodations that I had in well closer to Havana was my host would come and prepare breakfast for me every morning. So it was this little old couple and they would come in and they would greet me and they'd be really kind. And you know, what do you want for breakfast? They'd make the breakfast for me. Then they would go sit and have their coffee outside together. But then some days like they would be there to kind of have like, you know, short little conversation without it being weird. They did a really great job of not making like annoying small, I fucking hate small talk. I really do. They did a great job of not making the small talk like awkward. And they really made me feel like I could be comfortable there and that they weren't going to, um, you know, they made me feel as if I was home at their home, which was like, how y'all do that? But they did a great job. And I appreciated just the, it was kind of like, you know, they were just like an old grandma, grandpa couple, right? Not like old Okay, my parents were probably mad. They were probably a little bit older than my parents are now. So I'd say they were probably late 60s, early 70s. My parents aren't that old yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, they did a really great job of making me feel comfortable. The breakfast, the food was mad good. And it was... The idea of like, it kind of made me feel like I was back at my grandparents' house where my grandparents used to make us breakfast when we were little in the morning and we would wake up and smell breakfast and then my grandma would call us down. We'd come eat and we'd all eat together. we say our prayers and then eat breakfast and it's just like those kind of childhood memories that you kind of always remember and it really had me, you know, reminisce and reflect back on those. So I appreciate it them, um, you know, giving me that space to feel welcome without going overboard and making me feel uncomfortable. I, uh, what else do I have here? Oh, Norway. I've mentioned, uh, my host tone before I stayed in Tromza and I was only there for a few days I was essentially there just to see the Northern Lights, which success, loved them. But I had an
1: incredible,
0: incredible host. So I had like a little apartment downstairs in her basement, beautiful, incredible, incredible, like huge picture window over, looking over like a fjord or a sound or some shit. And I could see, um, you know, the town on the other side of the water. I could see the mountains in the back sick view. I got there. Not only did she pick me up from the airport, not only did she take me to the grocery store so that I could get some, you know, food or whatever for the next day since most everything was closed. She made me dinner that night. She invited me to break bread and eat with her. She made pizza, not frozen. She made it fresh herself. And then we sat and like drank wine and we had the most incredible conversation. I truly felt like I was just visiting with family i felt like i was uh going to see an older cousin or like an aunt or someone that you know i'd known growing up but hadn't seen in a long time she made me feel so welcome in her home i really i promise you i very you know this random norwegian white lady made me feel so so welcome in her home and the food was good It was a fucking pizza, but she made it herself. We had it with wine. I don't think I'd ever had wine with pizza before. And so it was just like, okay, this, this is, what's the word? Um, The word is like right here. It's right here at the top of my head. My brain is, my brain has it. This is, I don't know. It's not coming to me, but it's something along the lines of hospitality. There we go. That's the word. This is hospitality. I felt like I was with family. And it's one thing to have like good food, but good company with your food makes so much of a difference for me, especially as a solo traveler. It's not like I'm going with, you know, my friends. So a subpar meal can be, you know, made up for because you're having a good time. So it's like when you're in a new environment and you're not really sure if you're going to like the food or if you're in a new environment and, you know, you're not sure if the food is going to agree with you or whatever kind of questions or doubts you may have in your mind really good company, really good community to break bread with and to actually enjoy the food with can make a world of a difference. Um and on that note, in Colombia, I feel like I rarely eat ate alone. And mind you, all of those destinations that I went to, I'd gone solo except for Philly. But all of the destinations that I Cuba, Casablanca, um, well, Morocco, um Norway and Colombia, I did solo. But I really had the opportunity to eat and commune with absolute fucking strangers. In Colombia, I felt like I rarely ate alone. I, you know, ate with, I want to say, all of the tour guides, all the hosts that I had for the different um experiences that I did, I ate a meal with them. Um I had a really good time talking with everybody, talking about how they grew up, what their families were like, and except for the last tour guide we didn't have like that in depth of a conversation because there was a, um, a larger gap in age. So I think that that may not have, and I don't think he spoke that great English either. The younger guides that I had spoke perfect English and we were able to connect on that. We're around the same age kind of thing. So we really just vibed and just chilled. Like, you know, you end up going to, um, you're at the mall food court, and you know you have to end up sharing a table with somebody, and just oh, you're actually not that bad. I ended up really connecting with a lot of the different tour guides that I had, and had really great times just eating the shit that regular shit. I had burgers with one great conversation, and I ended up trying a couple of different things. I think I tried shark, um, and something else. I don't remember what it was, but that was with Laura. Um, congratulations again on your wedding, girl. Uh, that was a really fun conversation. And I think it was her sister who was actually one of the chefs or she knew the chef. And then like her sister came and met us there. It, it was a family affair. She ended up uh, having people that she knew pop in and they were all really nice. And we all ended up kind of just sitting and eating together go figure. Solo travel doesn't have to be scary, guys. If you're a little hesitant to go solo, consider making, um, consider booking excursions, one that are designed for groups so that you don't really have to do too much by yourself. Or just put yourself in situations and put yourself in the headspace to talk to people that are around you. Just because you're by yourself doesn't mean you have to be by yourself while you're there. Give yourself the opportunity to, you know, reach out or at least be receptive to people that are around you to have conversation with. Um, so that has been some of like the really really heartfelt community experiences that I've had while eating. I've also had some kind of weird shit that I've tried. So in Costa Rica, I ended up doing, um, what was it? Termites. That was fun. They kind of tasted like carrots and the grossest part was like a crunch. Like it, like some, I guess it was like the larger part of the body. Like popped in my mouth yeah that shit was that was the i won't say it was like gross in taste it was gross in texture it was just gross knowing that the in the insides of the insides of a bug were in my mouth like it's weirding me out even more that i say it moving on um but it was fun there's video let me know if you want to see that uh so the termites um So I want to say it's snake fruit. So I tried to Google it and make sure that I was correct. They look like testicles, not even going to, not even holding you. They really and truly do. They're like balls. Okay. That's what they look like in the skins. When you take them out, they kind of look like a, like a garlic clove. Um, but they taste so good. It's, I want to say if I'm remembering correctly, It's like an apple and a nectarine hybrid or like a nectarine peach apple grape hybrid. I don't know. It's just like so sweet without being overbearing, very flavorful. It's kind of juicy, but not like drippy juicy, but it's not dry like a banana. It's like, um, like a perfect apple. That's not like, you know making a mess juicy but y'all it was so 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 good that shit was good but it looked so crazy like it looked wild like on the outside it looked like why would somebody even consider eating that but then once you open it up it's just like still why would you consider opening uh tasting that and it was so good so it was weird but good that was the snake fruit And then I remember Spain. I only speak marginal. Espanol poquito, muy poquito. Yeah. So I, for some reason, ended up in a little hole in the wall, was being a little adventurous. And I was trying to communicate with the chef, like, cause there weren't that many people in the restaurant. It kind of gave me, we just opened kind of vibes, but the prices were good and i didn't see too many other options but in the one spot the 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 chef didn't really speak too much english and there wasn't a um waitress or anything so there was a patron that was kind of on his way out but he spoke a little bit of english so i understand like you know some of the words in spanish like pollo carne um huevos or huevos, whatever the eggs is or whatever. Like I could discern what certain things are on the menu, right? But then how it's prepared, the different things that it's prepared with fucking lost. Shout out to him for trying to help. I ended up just asking, what is your special? If all goes wrong and you really don't know what else to order, Just ask for the fucking special, because honestly, you want something that they're going to really be good at preparing so that you don't run the risk of them preparing something that they are going to fuck up. And sometimes when they fuck up, you could get fucked up. You don't want to end up with jacked up stomach. You don't want to end up, you know, getting sick or having anything really go wrong because it's kind of like going to a burger spot and asking for, um, you know, shrimp teriyaki. It's just you're not going to go to Burger King like there's people that go to Burger King, and get a fish sandwich. It just don't make sense to me. I, I really kind of just stick with what, you know, stick with what they're good at. You don't want to order something that they just kind of keep on hand for Americans when they come in and it not be fresh or it not be prepared in the ways that you're used to, because this isn't a normal food in this area. So I just went with the special. It looked like a 12 year old made it. It looked like shit. It was, I want to say it was rice. Then there was like a fried egg. And there was mad ketchup. There were olives. Y'all, it looked so bad. But at this point, it was just like, fuck it. It was actually pretty good. Not even going to hold you. I think I ate like half of it. It was not as bad as I expected it to be by looking at it. It did not look good at all. It wasn't something that I was going to bring home, warm up and eat again, but I was able to make my way through a lot more of it than I absolutely thought that I could have. What else did I have? Luwak, is it Luwak? I think it's pronounced Luwak. Luwak coffee. Went to a coffee plantation in Bali and... Oh, speaking of backtrack. So the first part of that trip was a sunrise hike up Mount Batur, B-A-T-U-R. I think I'm pronouncing it right. It's an active volcano. We did a sunrise hike, which meant that they picked us up at like midnight the night before so that we could drive all the way out there and start hiking at maybe... I don't know, like two, three o'clock in the morning. I don't, it was a pretty long ride. Um, But we did, we were able to get to the summit by sunrise. And at the top, we were given breakfast and they gave us banana sandwiches. I was expecting this shit to be gross as fuck. Y'all, I don't know what it is about their fucking bananas. They were so sweet. They were so good. And it was on white bread. I don't eat white bread. White bread is just weird to me. It's in my mind is like devoid of all nutritional value. Like, what is it? It's just like leftover grain. Did you mix grain and flour? And I don't I don't eat white bread. I've never eaten white bread. And when in Rome, this is what the options were. It was this and like some, I think chocolate milk or not chocolate milk, uh, hot chocolate. Or I think we had apple cider. Um, hard boiled eggs. Um, I think it was like a piece of chocolate or like a chocolate wafer or something. But I was so fucking surprised at how good the banana sandwich was. It was just like a banana. They, I want to say they cut it the long way and then they just put two pieces of bread. And then they, it was like, they took like a cookie cutter and like pressed it down on the bread and the banana and gave you that. But it was so damn good, so good. I was really surprised, really enjoyed it. But afterwards, later on in that day, we ended up going to a coffee plantation. And at the coffee plantation, by this point, after after the hike and after like a couple hours driving together, at this point, I actually started talking to the other people that were on the trip. There was a couple and like some other like one of their friends or something, something. So it was like three random wife white kids on the trip. And they weren't exactly the most welcoming. Usually if I'm ever in a situation and I see one other person as the odd man out, I try to be a little more, uh, embracing because I, I don't like people feeling like they can't, um, experience something fully and it's not necessarily on the other person to make someone else feel comfortable to experience something but I'm just one of those people they didn't do what I would have done they just weren't really welcoming initially but you know I settled and you know I'm also a little hesitant which is because they were all like a whole bunch of like college stage kids you know they were giving me real frat broy kind of and I wasn't really with the vibe anyway but then they ended up warming up and they ended up not being completely terrible. That being said, at the plantation, it was like communal flights of coffee. We had um, a bunch of really, really incredible like coffees. I ended up bringing a bunch of coffees and teas and shit back with me, which reminds me I should probably drink them before they go back. They're mostly powdered. So how bad could it be, right? It could probably be bad, but I'm a risk it anyway. Still that to say, Luwak coffee, the really interesting thing about that if you don't know is it's basically shit out coffee beans. Luwaks for some reason have a nose for like the best of the coffee beans. So they will specifically find the best, eat it, run it through and shit them out. Somebody, don't ask me why they thought it was a good idea to go through the luax shit and take the coffee beans, but they go through the shit. They, you know, they clean it. They get the beans out. They clean them. And, or I guess they process them and they make coffee out of it. And it's supposed to be the most expensive coffee in the world, something like that. I am not, I would never categorize myself as a, Well, first of all, I'm not a foodie. I just like food, but I'm not really into, you know, the details and the science and all of the, the nuance of food, if you will. I just, is it good? That's really all I want, right? Is it going to be good? And then if you've got a good story behind it, if I can enjoy community, I'm with the shits, but I'm not like, um, someone that has to make my foods or that don't really bother me. But this shit, literally this shit, the Luwak coffee was, you can't not experience it, right? It wasn't bad. It just wasn't as good as everything else. It was my least favorite and go figure, the fanciest, most expensive shit, not exactly the most enjoyable. A lot of times you can't really go by what the most, um, exclusive, Stuff is you want to go based on, and I'm certain somebody loves it. Someone, I promise you, does me not so much. That's not me. I enjoyed the regular teas. I give me a good ginger, give me a good ginger tea. I'm with the shits, love ginger tea. The best ginger tea I had actually was in Bali. What I appreciated about, um. One of the massage, massage shops that I would frequent, it was, uh, maybe like a four minute walk, five minute walk, maybe from where I was staying and $7 for an hour. And after the massage, they give you a fresh cup of ginger tea, like with the ginger at the bottom of the cup, like so good, like, uh, delicious. You finish your massage. You go sit outside and it's still like on um, a porch, if you will, but it's like outside of the room area. It's like a nice little reception area, but it's not for reception. It's for like after your massage and they bring you the tea and then you kind of relax and you pull your shit together and you just woo-sa, enjoy your tea and then you go downstairs to pay and, you know, be done and all that other kind of jazz, which I appreciate. You don't just leave what's supposed to be a very calming and sometimes centering experience, and then transactions walk out the door. So I really did enjoy that part of the um, experience. But the Luwak coffee wasn't, um, you know, what I would write home about, except for the fact that it originated in shit. Um, In Guadalupe, I will say, I probably didn't like the food the most there. France, I didn't like the food either, but I was in Southern France. Like I was in, uh, I want to say it's called Alethermes. It's where they have the, it's not far from Andorra and it's where they have the thermal pools, if you will. They're communal. You just kind of go up and you can put your feet in them or you, you just relax. It's naturally hot water. In hindsight, it's kind of gross. Not even in hindsight. In the moment, I knew it was gross. And it was some shit that I would never really do in regular life. But, like, it's vacation, you know? It's traveling. How often do you get to experience a natural heat spring? Or a natural, you know... It ain't some shit I'm doing this outside, right? Fuck it. I did it. And my toes is still clean. I lived through it. But we went to a restaurant in the area. Hated the food. Absolute worst. Did not enjoy. One out of 10. Don't recommend. Good time though. And it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The Pyrenees mountains looking at you and really quaint little town. It was giving me like, I don't know, maybe Anna Green Gables or some shit. Quintessential. Just fucking beautiful, y'all. But terrible fucking food. So bad. The other spot where I did not enjoy the food was in Guadalupe. Now, I think the issue with the food in Guadalupe was that I didn't really venture too far from where I was staying. There was only one restaurant that I could see was open in walking distance. I did not have cell service. I was relegated to just Wi-Fi in the house. So I wasn't feeling comfortable just exploring out and walking around getting lost because I had no way of you know, getting on a map and finding out where I was going. For some reason, I just, the spirit didn't move me. The spirit of exploration just wasn't with me that trip. But the one spot that I could walk to to get food, didn't like it. So I ended up picking up stuff from the grocery store and making it myself. There was also um, some food, thank God bless the host. It was like, she actually lived there and ended up staying someplace else when she rented it out. So she was like, I've got some foods in the freezers and stuff. So you're, you know, certain things, she said, you're more than welcome to, you know, cook with what's here. She left with, you know, she left me with a, a really good starting point for sustenance, just not dying. Like I had eggs And ended up buying like some sausage. But this was the first time that I actually did my own cooking really while I was traveling. But the places that I went to eat with my tour guides and, you know, eating with them was really fun and conversation was good. But the places that I went to eat with them, that's where the food was really good. I just didn't have good food where I was staying. Food to me. I didn't like the food that was there. So I ended up cooking, you know, a lot myself. But What I will say is in that experience and with trying all the like new things and the weird things and the quirky things, it's really just another opportunity to grow. Stepping outside of your comfort zone and experiencing something that you really wouldn't really bother with when you're back home. When you're home, you know what the fuck you like. Every once in a while, you may venture, you know, down a new path and I'm gonna order this this time or this drink looks good. I'll give it a whirl, especially if you ain't paying for it, right? When you're not paying for it, for me, my experience is if I'm not paying for it, I'm a little bit more willing to give something a go. Also, if there's somebody else's plate that I could pick off of, if I don't like my own food, I'm with the shits. I'll give it a try. But what I do appreciate about my experience of food when I'm in other places is that it gives me more of an opportunity to question why I don't do new stuff more fucking often what is it going to do if you especially when the food is ridiculously cheap like when you're spending two American dollars on like an entire like plate of food I want to say Qatar and Thailand I feel like I had the most food for the least amount of money like I was eating like rack of lamb and shit in Qatar, like in on straight room service shit. Like I had like opulent meals, but I don't remember them being like ridiculously good. Again, I ate them alone in my hotel. Same with Thailand, really cool, um, uh, room service options, but you know, I was eating by myself in a hotel room, so it wasn't, for me, I like the experience of people watching, talking to a host, really good service, laughing with a bartender, kicking with a waitress, and those kinds of things it you know allows me the opportunity to not be solo while being solo while also trying new things, stepping out of you know the little comfort zone, and exploring it It is absolutely a chance to check in and you know, it's something about newness for me that allows me to, damn, why don't I do more of this? Why don't I try new restaurants in my neighborhood? I live in fucking New York. Everything you could possibly want is here. Yet, I go to the same places, I order the same shit, and I tend to, you know, even in terms of grocery shopping, I don't often, I don't, I don't cook, but when I was relegated to doing my own cooking, it was... The same recipes. I didn't try new things. So when I travel, I really do my best to add to the adventure by adding to my palate. I will say that one of the places that I did not expect to try a lot of new shit was Vermont. Go the fuck figure. But Vermont really gave me the opportunity to tap. I love cheese, uh, since I mentioned cheese, I can semi loop back to my stint being vegan that lasted about maybe a month. I ended up doing, uh, not even a challenge. I was just giving it a shits and giggles y'all. I was just giving it a shot and it was so easy to be vegan in Tel Aviv. There were so many vegan options. I want to say Tel Aviv has the highest number of vegans per capita uh, over anywhere in the world. So spoiler cheat code, like it's going to be easy because so many other people eat the same way. Their food, the food there was so good. I had the best veggie burger. And if all veggie burgers taste like that, I would just regularly eat veggie burgers instead of the red meat. But the one time I'd had a veggie burger in New York, it was years ago. I think when, I don't want to say when veggie burgers were new. Because I feel like even though I may not have known about them or been, you know, privy to figuring out where to find them, they were still there. But the veggie burgers I remember having, gag, so bad. This shit, I'd absolutely do again. But... It was so easy to be not just vegetarian, but vegan. They had a ton of options on all of their menus. Even in Amsterdam, it was very easy for me to stick with being, uh, to stick to a vegan diet while I was there. So many options. And the food was still flavorful. I'm a flavor girl. I don't do like sweets and treats and pastries and... Best pastries I had were in Bagas, Spain though. I had probably a croissant just because I said not really into pastries. I had, y'all, that shit was delicious. Also learned that an Americano coffee is not American coffee. It's just big. I was lost because I was trying to order a coffee and he was just like, they were asking me like Americano. And I'm just like, no, just give me what you would drink. And he was just like, okay, yeah, but do you want an Americano? And I'm just like, no, I'm like, just because I'm American, I don't want American coffee. I want, like, Spanish coffee, whatever y'all drink in Spain, give me that. He was just like, okay, but, like, do you want Americano? And I'm like, what? And so thankfully there was another woman that she was just like, sweetie, he means do you want, like, a large, grande. Americans do everything big, right? Everything's bigger in Texas. And I'm just like... First of all, thank you. And yes, yes, I'll take an Americano. Because if I'm going to pay for it, I'm going to just give me the largest option. Because if I like it, I'm going to want it all. And if I don't like it, I just won't drink it all. But yeah, so what was the other backtrack I did? So it was this Spain that I did, the, the uh, that bomb-ass croissant. And then I had a cannoli. Didn't like it. Had a cannoli in uh, Philly. I'm good. like I said, I don't really do sweets. I do savory. I want flavorful. Give me good food. I'm not really into like sauces and dips and all that shit. I want fucking food. But I then mentioned before that, I'm trying to go back down the rabbit hole cheese and then I was talking about being vegan and then it was flavors and that's how I got to there and there I'm getting better y'all maybe I'm not I'm gonna say I am though but Vermont I tried a lot of different cheeses in Vermont boyfriend put me on to so many um he's good for a fucking uh cheese board charcuterie is our thing and the cheeses Cabot Cheese, y'all. Cabot, shout out to y'all. Their legacy collection, all pine cheese. If you find it, buy it. You're welcome. If you like cheese, you're gonna love this shit. It is so, so good. Like, so, so good. And I tried so many different types of cheeses, so many different types of cured meats. I had no idea all this was fucking there. I'm like, I felt so basic. And it was like, because I'm here in the good old US of A, not taking advantage of how many different types of foods are at my disposal. So you go to all these foreign countries and you're expecting new things. And you know, you put yourself in the position to be experimental. But sometimes when you're in your own country, you kind of just stick to the norm and do what you're used to. I do appreciate that trip for really giving me little doses of newness. So if you're not really ready to try something like huge and entirely different um, cuisine, if you will, try just doing small doses of what you're used to, but in variations that are new to you. Give that a try. And then if you're ready to get a little more experimental, go for gusto. But uh, let's see what to wrap this up with. Mm. So I wanted to mention again, the ability to check in with self. I think that if you give yourself the opportunity to, again, with being mindful, to do some self-reflection, introspection, look into how you enjoy food. Are you enjoying food for the flavors? Are you enjoying food for the comfort? Are you enjoying food for the nourishment? Are you one of those people that kind of only eats when you have to, or do you eat when you want to? What are you putting in your body? Are you using foods to help make good choices for self? The beauty in travel is that it puts you outside of your comfort zone and gives you a chance to really kind of play with different options. And if you allow yourself to, you can absolutely use food to that same advantage. You don't necessarily have to just eat for sustenance, but you can also consider eating for community, eating for enrichment. Find different types of food that have their own kind of stories. Like how did the food get here? Are the people... um, Native to the area where the foods brought over with an immigrant population that came over. There are stories behind so many of the different foods that we enjoy. And if you're in another country, why not enjoy the story of the people that are there? So, shout out to Sharita of My Soulful Nutrition. She did the food portion of my Mindful Traveler course. And in that section, she gives you a ton of different ways for foods and drinks that you can, you know, I don't want to say patronize, but different foods and drinks that you can use to help you stay focused and at your best while abroad. The mindful traveler course has been broken into seven different days with seven different modalities, all led by different black women in wellness to help you get the best of yourself in your travels. It's free. It's an email course. Once you sign up, it's yours. So whether you're ready to travel now or if you want to just have the course so that you can go traveling and then actively participate in it while you're abroad, it's there for you. You can go to TravelingShitPodcast.com, go to the travel resource tab, and it'll pop up for you right there. Sign up for the email, check out the course, and find different ways. And in this episode, I highlighted food and the different ways that food has given me an opportunity to really grow from community and grow from new experiences. So I hope you enjoyed this week, and I will be back next week, every Thursday with a new episode. Happy Juneteenth, folks, and I'll talk to y'all later. All right, gonna go eat. Bye.